MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Daily Roto TV here on SportsGrid. My name is Davis Maddock, joined by Ricky Sanders and Christopher Pacheco as we continue to entertain all of you guys, entertain ourselves as we uh, live in this world without any professional or amateur sports, I suppose. And uh, today we thought that a good exercise, we are officially one week away from the beginning of the 2020 NFL draft as we would go ahead and run through a mock draft. I have one that uh, by the time you guys are all listening to this, it's going to be posted on the website on sportsgrid.com. I've done three mock drafts now, but uh, you know, I thought it might be interesting to, to run through it with, uh, with the guys. So we're, we're going to just go ahead and run through the first 32 picks of the NFL draft, maybe discuss some trades, some other things that might happen. Um, Pacheco, how are you? How are you feeling about uh, the number one overall pick? Would you just say it's it's uh, a minus a million that Joe Burrow goes first overall? Are you are you believing any of these reports that he wants to hold out uh, that they might take Justin Herbert? There was there was a, a mock draft last week that was posted uh, where Justin Herbert went once uh, one overall. I I tend to not believe that very much. Uh. Bearing any unforeseen circumstances, I, I just don't see how Joe Burrow isn't the top pick in the NFL draft. Uh, given his talent level, given the, the team that is selecting him and their glaring need for a quarterback, uh, Joe Burrow is going to be the number one pick. Yeah, so there's just really, really uh, no suspense over this at all. Though, Ricky, I do have to say, if Joe Burrow pulled you know, an Eli Manning, Philip Rivers situation— it, like no team 
would it be more likely to happen to than the Cincinnati Bengals? You know, they get this, they get this incredibly good luck to land this generational quarterback. And, uh, you know, it turns out, oh, I actually, uh, I don't want to play for you guys. And they're just, they're, they're left with, you know, but I mean, what do you do? I guess, I guess in that situation, you just take Justin Herbert and you just say, um, you know, that's, it is what it is. I mean, I think at that situation, you try and trade back for multiple picks. If you truly believe that Burrow isn't your guy, see if you can move into the three, four, five, six spot. Because I would guess that Herbert falls to that spot if you pass on him. Reportedly, Miami's considering him at five, but I would have to think that Miami, who's been rebuilding for a while, I know they have a plethora of picks, but they would be more than willing to to do what it took to get to Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow's almost assuredly the number one overall pick here, but they would have options if he pulled that. And I think the Dolphins would be the first team they should get on the phone with if they didn't think Burrow wanted to play for them. Yeah, I mean, so that is, that's definitely true. We are not gonna, we are not gonna entertain any of that because we just know that Joe Burrow is gonna go number one overall. Um, Number two overall, I feel similarly, Ricky, that Chase Young is is basically just a, a stone cold lock to go as the number two overall pick. I mean, maybe, like, I guess we did just see last year Josh Rosen was drafted, you know, super high by the Arizona Cardinals. They decided he wasn't it, so then they went ahead and drafted Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick. Maybe maybe they do that with Haskins. Um, you know, Pacheco, do you think there's any chance at all Chase Young either doesn't go number two or Washington trades back with Miami or whoever um, so that, you know, they don't get Chase Young at number two, but, you know, they're they're picking up some future value and they're not trading back that far. Do you think there's any scenario where that doesn't happen? I don't see how Chase Young is in a Washington Redskin by draft day. He, he, right. I think they have openly said already that they're, they're going in that direction. Um, they are in glaring need of, of that type of player as well in uh, in that defense. So I just I, similarly to Joe Burrow at number one, I feel very confident that Chase Young is going to be the number two. Yeah, I I think that if what I mean I just I just don't see how you don't select Chase Young. It's kind of like it's kind yeah. of like you know in a. Uh, you know, in a fantasy draft where you're first overall, it's like, yeah, maybe maybe you could trade back and and get more, but at the end of the day, like you just want you just want to get those Christian McCaffrey points. So number three, four, and five is where things start to get you know not minus ten thousand to bet these selections or whatever on the sports books. Though Ricky, my favorite wager that I've made out of all these NFL draft bets that we've discussed is you can get Jeffrey Akuda, the Ohio State cornerback at plus 145, uh, sometimes even better than that, to just be the third overall pick locked in. The reason why you can get those odds is that there is some assumption that perhaps the Dolphins would, um, you know, they basically that they would trade up a little bit to get this selection. They would trade, you know, a future third or fourth rounder to swap with the Dolphins and just go ahead and uh, get to it. But with these medical concerns, I, I think the true price for Akuda to be the third overall pick should be like minus 300 or something like Akuda at plus money to be the third overall pick is my favorite draft bet that there is. Yeah, you're getting really good odds there for a team with a glaring need now. Like no Darius Slay in Detroit for the first time in years is a, is a significant development. 
And the Lions as a team already graded like outside the top 25 in terms of pro football focus, in terms of their the defensive coverage last year. So cornerback is a glaring need for them. And Okuda is the clear top talent at cornerback. So if they stay here and someone does not make them an offer they cannot refuse, I think you're winning this bet. The, the wild card, of course, with all these picks is – do the Lions get a phone call at the last second for someone who needs a player, who someone who who decided two is their guy, someone who decided Justin Herbert's the number two quarterback, and they're they're scared he's going to fall, you know, or he's going to get taken rather at five or six. So three makes sense to move up to. Uh, I think Akuda is a is a very good bet. Just know there are ways for you to lose it, but that's true with essentially every bet. Yeah, there are there are maybe um, a couple ways to lose it. I I think that you know most of that is. Uh, so the first three picks, like, for example, you can bet first three picks exactly, Burrow, Young, Akuda. You can get, like, decent odds on those. Um, and I, I have made that bet as well because I just think I think these first three picks are really not even all that interesting to discuss. I just think they're so likely, you know, to, to be those picks. We do start getting into interesting territory with four, though, where um, I actually I think that because it is the New York Giants making this selection – and not a team with reasonable management. You know, I, I think that Pacheco, the selection they should be making is Isaiah Simmons, right? They should just take Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. He can play edge. He can play linebacker. He can play safety. Like, he, guy, is, guy is a freak. Um, you know, I just, I think he's a fantastic player. But the for whatever reason, like, this is just a historical thing with the Giants. They, they like don't value linebackers. You know, I, I've never I've never been able to figure out why that is, but they they just are really not that interested in drafting linebackers. So in, and they've all there's already been some reporting that they like Werfs, that they like Becton, yeah. that they like Andrew Thomas. So what are you thinking? Uh, what are we going to do here for our mock draft selection for the Giants at number four? Do we think they do the smart thing and take Simmons? Well, not that taking a tackle here would be bad, but for me, yeah. Simmons is the clear selection. I also similarly think Simmons is the clear selection, uh, Davis. But the thing is, uh, the Giants are also in, in like glaring need of offensive linemen, and like it's it's yeah. just so easy to take these locks at offensive line. Someone like Tristan Wirfs, uh, who is pretty much a lock to be the first offensive lineman to be drafted uh, this year, makes a lot of sense for them too. So as much as I like Simmons, and I think he's clearly the guy here, I would not be surprised if they go the worst route. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised either. And I think that if Simmons does not go four, like I think so if Simmons goes four, I think the top half of the draft goes super chalk. If he doesn't, that forces the Chargers into a really interesting position because the Chargers already have this great defense, you know, Bosa and Derwin James and uh, you know, all like they have a couple really solid corners. You add Isaiah Simmons to that defense and you go well, you know, do I really want to take Justin Herbert? Do I really want to do I really want to take Jordan Love or Tua? Or, you know, do I instead go with this stud defensive player? So we're going to go. We are going to go Werfs here. Are you are you good with Werfs uh, to the Giants, Ricky? I am good with it. I mean, I think an edge rusher, the guy with the ability to do so, would really do the Giants well. You look at, you know, how their linebackers ranked last year. Their best linebacker was David Bayo, and he's kind of a run-stopping specialist. In terms of the pass rush, it was pretty weak for this team. Um, but the offensive line, I mean, I I, I mean, they're, the they're a here. bad football team, right? Like, they they're, just suck. Got, so they can take any of these guys. 
Yeah. But I just I just wanted to mention with the offensive line, one guy graded inside the top 30 at their position. That was Kevin Zeitler, their guard. Otherwise, it was a big mess. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm completely fine with Wirfs. They're going to have to fix something. So it's one of those two players. Yeah, I, that is, um, yeah, that is just, uh, that is for sure true. So we are going to go, we are going to go Wirfs here. Um, Cause I think it makes the draft more interesting. It, it forces more decisions to some of these guys later in my mock draft that I have posted on sports grid right now, I have them selecting Simmons, but uh, I think that's a legit coin flip. Like, I think that is one where I wouldn't be surprised to get it right. I wouldn't be surprised to get that one wrong. So Again, more more interesting decisions. We are now sitting here at number five overall. The uh, the Dolphins have not had to make a trade in order to secure a quarterback. If in fact they want a quarterback, what quarterback do we think they take, Rick? Do we think they're taking Tua, or do we think that they're taking Herbert, or do they sit here and they say Isaiah Simmons is going to play for us for the next ten years? Do we take Isaiah Simmons? I think the fan base is expecting a quarterback here. So I think they sort of have to with the route they've gone with the rebuild and how many picks they've accumulated. And just the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick's at the helm, I think it's time they need a quarterback. I think after seeing that to a pro, you know, pro day tape that there's enough there with the potential upside of Tua that even with all the smoke that we've heard that Tua ends up being the selection here, I just think his ceiling compared to Herbert's, they're they're on a different planet. Tua, you know, has the potential to be one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league for a long time if that hip holds up. Now, if they saw something in their medicals that we didn't see, I think Herbert's a possibility. But seeing how that hip looked, making all different sorts of throws on the run in that pro day tape, I think Tua has to be the pick here. I would be really surprised if they leave the top five picks without a quarterback. And I think by default, they have to take this shot at Tua. All right. What do you think? What do you think, Pacheco? Do you think Tua goes here? Do you think Herbert goes here? You know, where, what are we, are we seeing a scenario where Simmons falls out of the top six picks entirely? Yeah, I think that is that's a legitimate concern because uh, the Dolphins, yeah, it feels like they're just backed into having to select a quarterback here. I mean, they do have another selection at number 18 in the draft, but by that time, it's possible that, I mean, we know Burrow is going to be gone at number one. Uh, we know Herbert is probably going to go. Uh, is is my inclination whether it's the Dolphins or, or whoever takes them? I, See, I think seems it's like the Chargers really want to take Herbert. I think. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, could they pos could Tua slide to them at that 18 spot? Like at that point, you're just risking it. So my assumption is they do take Tua, um, and they take a shot at his glaring upside and, and hoping that the hip holds up. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, we are going to have Tua go at number five to the Dolphins. Um, I think that is certainly a likely pick. I don't think that that is a, a written in stone pick. You know, I think this draft is like, and you know what would be really funny is if like Tua's hip is fine and none of this matters and it just all it was, it just was to stir up drama for the NFL draft. Like just, <laughs> just made right. things more interesting, you know, and, and that would be, um, you know, I don't know. Like I think Tua's great. I think he's going to have a long NFL career if he is healthy. It just, you know, comes down to what's up with his hip. You know, we've talked on this show a ton about how difficult that injury he's trying to wow. return from is. By the way, I saw some people on Dolphins Twitter advocating for Simmons because they're worried about Tua. 
But when you look at Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, his comparables with both a clean pocket and under duress, he almost hasn't had an identical completion percentage and QB rating in both scenarios to Joe Flacco. So if you're comfortable with a Joe Flacco being your guy and thinking you could build around that, I, I just don't really see that being the case, especially considering how many needs this team has. For sure. Yeah, I, I think I think that they could spend all three of these first round picks on non quarterbacks, non wide receivers, non running backs and still have needs that they want, like that yeah. they would to address <laughs> the team. like they just, you know, they just don't have a ton there. So we are now at pick six. And, you know, I think probably we just go chalk here. I just it, it seems like one of the most broadcasted picks that there is, is um Justin Herbert to the Chargers Pacheco. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, they they need a quarterback. Uh, obviously, Philip Rivers not there anymore. He's in Indianapolis. Uh, they do have Tyrod Taylor, but in in any way, they need a quarterback to build around for the future. As much as I I question, you know, Herbert's uh, legitimate upside at the NFL level. Uh, I think given the Chargers' need, it's very likely that you know he gets selected in that spot. Personally. I would rather see them, you know, select uh, an Isaiah Simmons, for instance, uh, and and just go ahead and have an that add to that insane defense. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's who uh, I would take, right? I yeah. like, like we all we all are sort of in agreement, right, Pacheco? That Herbert, we we don't really get it. We don't really see it with him. I'm in. I'm in that class for sure. Yeah. Uh, what about what about you, Ricky? Who do you think that do you do? Are we are we good with Herbert here? I mean, that's just what I assume is going to happen, really. I'm good with Herbert here, but I will note that Tyrod Taylor has this history with Anthony Lynn, who basically brought him in because he's his guy. Uh, He was Mm -hmm. his former coordinator. And I think if you're comfortable with him in the short term and you see the free agent market at quarterback, uh, thinking that, you know, even if Tyrod's not your guy for more than a year, maybe someone like Cam Newton or if you could trade for Jameis Winston, they could tie you over for slightly longer. There are alternatives to Herbert because we all agree that we're not in love with him. I just think the Chargers are probably going to disagree with us. And so Herbert's Herbert's likely the guy here. Yeah. So, again, now we are we are left in a um, we're left in just a what I think is a, a really interesting position here with. Uh, you know, what do we what do we do with Isaiah Simmons? Because we are now we are now at number seven to the Carolina Panthers. I wouldn't say that they have a glaring need for this guy, but it certainly is. Um, you know, it certainly is. They just they have to take Isaiah Simmons, right, Pacheco? Yeah, they they do. If if Isaiah Simmons falls this like like this far in the draft, I I I don't I just don't see how you don't select them here yeah are you are you on board with that as a selection ricky yeah i mean this team second in sacks last year so not entirely in need of a of a pass rusher two of their linebackers graded extremely well we know luke keekley but shaq thompson had a very good season as well uh especially in the uh the run grade you know defending the run so they don't really need a linebacker, but at some point, you know, best available when you get these guys who could be a great player in the league for years to come and just clearly better than, you know, a tier above the rest of the guys, you, you have to do it. 
Yeah. All right. So our first round starting out pretty chalky. Couple, a uh, couple interesting selections here with Isaiah Simmons falling as the Giants take an offensive tackle. Instead, we are going to continue with our first round mock draft when we return from break here on uh, Daily Roto TV on SportsGrid. This has been Davis Maddock, Ricky Sanders, and Christopher Pacheco. We will return with the rest of this mock draft right after we get back from break. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening back from break here on daily roto tv on sports grid i'm davis maddock joined by ricky sanders and christopher pacheco as we run through a 2020 nfl mock draft going through and making selections for every team in the first round of the 2020 nfl draft we are now on pick eight as we head to the arizona cardinals um pacheco i really think there are only three possible selections here Mm -hmm. for uh, the Arizona Cardinals. They're going to take an offensive tackle, and it's just a matter of do they take Mekki Becton, do they take Andrew Thomas, or do they take Jedrick Wills? Uh, you know, kind of which one Which one do you think is likely to be the selection? My assumption is that it's going to be Mekki Becton because he's, uh, I think, 
like uh, he's a good scheme fit. That's what the scouts would say. He's a little bit lighter on his feet. Uh, he played at Louisville, so you know played in that up tempo spread based offense that they have there at Louisville. You know used to playing with running quarterbacks and stuff. So uh, I I think Mecky backed into the Cardinals. If your sports book offers that, uh, some of those exactos are offered at some look local sports books. Some of them aren't. But if you could get Mecky backed into the Arizona Cardinals specifically at like three to one or better, Pacheco, I would I would really like that one. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think the Cardinals and their offensive line, it's, I mean, it's a very glaring need. Uh, in agreement with you that whichever of these guys they select, it's going to be an offensive lineman. Uh, as far as who it is, Beckton makes the most sense. Uh, just looking at grinding the mocks here, they have him as the most likely to fall uh, in this spot as far as the offensive linemen that are drafted, followed by Jedrick Wills and then Andrew Thomas. So I think Becton is the guy. Um, I guess, uh, you know, Wills has a shot of being drafted at that spot. My assumption is if Becton somehow slides into the top seven, um, maybe all of a sudden we're talking about uh, Jedrick, Jedrick Wills uh, in that spot. Otherwise, I think it's going to be Becton. Yeah. Um, you good with that one, Ricky? Yeah, I mean, the size of this dude is just legendary. He is 6'7". Right. He's listed as 368 on Google, but at the NFL Combine, he was listed at 364, so he must have gotten in those you know, last-second Pelotons. But that is a gigantic human being on an offense where – you know, they have Kyler Murray, who is extremely mobile, and yet there were one, two, three, four, five teams who allowed more sacks last year. And sure, that could be, you know, chalked up to their fast-paced offense, more plays, more opportunities to get sacked. But if you could give him a tackle who gives him additional time, I mean, the sky is the ceiling for Kyler Murray. And, you know, how much more difficult could it be to get around a human being than one that's approaching 400 pounds and is athletic? I think this is the guy they need to take. I agree with you. I'm taking that draft prop. In fact, as soon as we get off this show, I'm taking that draft prop because that this just makes all the sense in the world. I would be shocked if they look in any other direction than this massive, massive human being to protect their their star young quarterback. Yeah, I love I love that selection for the Cardinals. Um, yeah. Pacheco, I think the Jaguars selection. It's it's one of two guys. It's Derek Brown, uh, interior defensive lineman from Auburn, or it's C.J. Henderson, cornerback from Florida. Henderson has been one of those guys who's been getting a bunch of steam from the markets here over the last couple of days. I I think they probably take Henderson. Do you prefer Henderson or Brown for them? I think Brown. I I prefer for them, and again, grinding the mocks has has him pretty comfortably. Uh, in the top, you know, nine-ish of this draft. So I would actually be a little bit surprised if he falls, say, outside of the top 10. Um, I could also, you know, Davis, I could also see them taking a, an offensive lineman as well. So I'm, I'm wondering if uh, someone like Jedrick Wills is off the board uh, at, at this point as well, and the Jaguars do select them. So I I, I would say it's, it's between... Uh, I think Wills is in that conversation as well. Brown is in it. And then, as you mentioned, uh, Henderson, uh, to me, is a little bit of a distant third. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm, so we're, we will go ahead for them, and we will put down Derek Brown at the, uh, the number nine selection. So we are to uh, another team now that I think was probably sitting on the clock and hoping that Derek Brown or C.J. Henderson went to the Jaguars because the Browns have – 
no interest. Uh, you know, they just used high draft picks on cornerbacks uh, in back-to-back drafts in uh, Denzel Ward and the other guy whose name I'm forgetting right now, but they also selected him very highly in the NFL draft. Um, and they they have super, super glaring needs at offensive tackle, the Cleveland Browns. So do we think that uh, Andrew Thomas just goes off the board here to the Cleveland Browns most likely, Ricky? Well, remember, they signed Conklin in the offseason, so it's not quite as glaring of a need, but still Chris Hubbard was one of the worst five graded tackles, according to Pro Football Focus last year. So if you're trying to solidify that offensive line, you can't just do it on one side. You're going to have to get the tackle on the left side as well. I think you're clearly taking one of these guys. I like Wills quite a bit, but I think Thomas is almost assuredly the guy here. I think it's it's a toss-up, and it's going to depend what the scouting department thinks. I don't think you know Thomas is a full tier ahead of Wills, but I think he's the logical choice. Yeah, I think I think Andrew Thomas is just very likely to go to this selection. So our top ten here, real quick: Burrow, Young, Akuda, Werfs, Tua, Herbert, Simmons, Becton. Brown and then Andrew Thomas. Uh, and I think I think now we start to get to some of the really fun selections because we start thinking about, you know, maybe some trades. Uh, maybe we get some of these quarterbacks going way earlier than we expect. Maybe we get, uh, you know, five wide receivers, seven wide receivers that start to go. So at number 11, um, I'm pretty convinced, Pacheco, that uh, that the Jets are going to take a wide receiver. I'm not convinced I'm not as convinced as the betting markets that it's going to be Jerry Judy. So right now, like on FanDuel and DraftKings, um, Judy is like anywhere between like minus 150 and minus 190 to be the first wide receiver selected. Um, I I like the odds you can get on CeeDee Lamb at like plus 165. Um, You know, I I, I just, I, I personally, and we've talked about this on the show before, I think, I just think Lamb is a little bit better um, I just think Lamb's a little bit better than Judy, you know, not that Judy's bad or anything like that. Where do you think the Jets are going to go with this 11th selection? Yeah, this is where things start to get really interesting. Uh, as you mentioned, I could see them, I could even see them taking potentially an offensive lineman uh, here as well. If, you know, if one of these quality ones falls to them and I don't, I don't even think, uh, I think Will's is a guy, right, that we we hadn't selected yet. We yeah, selected Wills, Wills is still on the board here. Yeah. So Wills is still on the board. I think the potential is, is there for them to take someone like Wills. But the most likely outcome, in my opinion, is that they do select one of those two uh, stud wide receivers. Uh, and it is a, a, a literal coin toss, especially if you're looking at grinding uh, the mocks, uh, whether it's Judy or Lamb. I mean – the ranking is like 12.4 and 12.6 as a difference. So uh, a a very clear toss-up here. Uh, My guess is uh, they go with CeeDee Lamb uh, for the reasons that you stated, Davis. It's uh, I just think that he's a little bit uh, better of a player, whether it's the route running or, you know, Lamb almost reminds me a little bit of Antonio Brown uh, in in a lot of ways with the the, uh, routes that he runs on the way that he runs them. So my, my assumption is it's going to be lamb. Truly it's a toss up. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Pacheco and I both think that it's lamb. So, uh, Ricky, we're going to, we're going to put that in as the, uh, as the selection here. Do you think that the Raiders, the way in every mock draft I've done, I literally just have it back to back. The Raiders then select Jerry Judy at number 12. Yeah. I think it's going to go wide receiver, wide receiver in some fashion, but 
reports are that the Eagles are vigorously trying to trade up for C.D. Lamb. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if, you know, maybe even that Browns 10th pick that we went over where where we think it's obviously a tackle, maybe they're comfortable moving back to 21, uh, considering the tackles that are available here in order for the Eagles to get their guy. So there are are interesting possibilities. I mean, uh, I don't think that Thomas, you know, at 10 bet is one that I would take. I don't think that's as logical and as clean of a cut as, you know, someone like Becton for the Cardinals at eight. But here for the Raiders, yeah, I mean, no Antonio Brown really cost them last year. I mean, they they relied on Tyrell Williams, who was actually, you know, fine. Darren Waller had to emerge to make the passing offense halfway decent. And then Hunter Renfro down the stretch kind of kept them afloat with the back-to-back 100-plus yard games with, you know, a touchdown. But it's clear they have a they have a need for an outside receiver. Tyrell Williams was the definition of just a guy. They need an explosive playmaker here. If we assume CeeDee Lamb's going the pick before, whether it's to the Eagles or to the Jets, I think we have to assume that Jerry Judy goes here to the Raiders, who have to fill in that spot that they thought Antonio Brown was going to spill or fill for a few years. But obviously we all know what happened with him. So get the young playmaker and you know have someone other than Tyrell Williams to lead the receiving core. Yep. All right. So there we go. We have we have Jerry Judy. And now, you know, the the Saints or not the Saints, the 49ers are uh, they're just they're just doing cartwheels now because they are able to select C.J. Henderson with the uh, 13th overall pick, you know, pretty much uh, pretty much slam dunking that selection, um, I think. All right. So, you know, Tom Brady better than Ricky and I do. What what are what are the Buccaneers going to do at fourteen? Do they take Jedrick Wills, who has now fallen, you know, pretty far in our mock draft? Um, do do they do they get him a wide receiver? Do they take Rugs? Uh, do they just go on the defensive side of the ball? What direction are the Buccaneers going here, Pacheco? I don't, I don't even think we have to have a conversation here. It's if Wills is on the board in this spot, it's a it's a slam dunk selection for them. An area of need of clear need in my opinion uh you know tom brady tom brady isn't james winston he can't just run outside of the pocket and start you know making incredible passes that way they you know he's a pocket passer has always been that way throughout his career and they need offensive linemen so if wills is here that's your guy i i know that um there was a lot of chatter about them you know taking a pass catching back we had discussed that yesterday on the show um someone like deandre swift makes a lot of sense uh for them but an offensive lineman makes even more sense to protect Tom Brady. That's who they're going to pick here. Yeah. All right. So there we go. We are getting we're getting Tom Brady, his man. Uh, someone's going to protect his blind side there. Uh, this is again a selection that I I don't know if like the national media is on this selection. Like I don't know if this is a super common mock draft selection. But now we're sitting here at fifteen, and I think the pick that makes the most sense for the Denver Broncos, Ricky is Henry Ruggs. I think it creates space for Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton. You know, uh, Ruggs does a lot of things that Sutton does not, and it provides infrastructure and help to their young quarterback who, you know, they kind of think is their franchise quarterback. So in terms of making sense, I agree. It's just a matter of how much pull Vic Fangio has because he will be pulling now for some of these top defenders that are left on the board. Xavier McKinney, uh, at safety, I mean, I think it's a guy that they would have to start thinking about. Uh, Chasen from LSU, I think, is a guy that that they would have to, you know, keep thinking about. I mean, when Fangio was a member of the Bears, uh, that defense was excellent, and they just had overkill in terms of depth. 
And I think that's the way that he wants to coach. I think, obviously, the organization realizes you have to have an offense to run out there. They do have Drew Locke. They did sign Melvin Gordon. They do have a number one wide receiver in Cortland Sutton. And they do have a number one tight end in terms of Fant. So the question is, does the organization view that as enough to start getting Fangio his guys so he can have the dominant defense that he so desires? I don't think there's a sure thing here. I would not be surprised if Chasen is the pick here uh, or McKinney. I think Chasen is the guy that I would lean towards if Fangio has his say. If you think it's more of an organizational move, then then Ruggs would be the guy to give them kind of that third weapon in the passing game that they don't currently have. All right, so I'm the one sitting here with the board, so I'm putting uh, I'm putting Henry Ruggs down for us. We are now at 16, and I think, uh, Pacheco, the Falcons are just sort of going to get um, a layup selection here. I think that, uh, you know, they can just take whoever they want between Javon Kinlaw and uh, and uh, Chasson. Yeah, and my guess would be that it's Kinlaw uh, in this spot. Um, could very could very well be Chasson as well, um, but I'm, I'm assuming that Kinlaw, who's a little bit ahead uh, on the mock drafts that I'm doing, would be a selection in, in this slot. Yeah. All right. So there we go. We're uh, we're we're making some making some progress. So we're gonna go we're gonna go uh, Javon Kinlaw to the Falcons. Just go ahead and get them uh, a player that they need. We are now gonna go to my team. Uh, well, I mean, I like the Chiefs a lot too. But the, the and I've been thinking so hard about what the Dallas Cowboys should do at seventeen. And what I want them to do is not necessarily what I think they will do. But I just I want them to trade back. From this spot, I want them to. I, I saw a trade that makes a lot of sense. Um, they could trade with Seattle, so move back to I believe the 27th pick in the draft, and you know maybe they could pick up a, a fourth rounder in this draft, and then uh, you know a future pick of some variety, and you know make their lives easier. Because I think the guy that they would would select, uh, you know, one of these secondary cornerbacks, whether that be. Christian Fulton from LSU, whether it be Jeff Gladney. I think that guy could be there at 27. Um, and then the Seahawks could go up the draft and take Yeter Gross Matos from Penn State. But in this draft, you know, we're, we're sitting here. We don't, we don't have the authority to trade for these teams. So um, I think the selection that if Dallas stays here, I think they would either take Xavier McKinney or Grant Delpit. They just, they, uh, Ricky, they just need help in the secondary more than they need edge rushers, more than they need, you know, maybe, maybe they would make a huge reach on an interior offensive lineman here. I think probably not, though. Uh, so what do you think about either of these safeties and which one should we select to Dallas here? Well, if you're taking a safety, I think it's got to be McKinney. And I wrote on Sports Grid that one of the best bets that I've seen is the under 25 and a half number. I forget which sports book is, is offering it, but one of the sports books between DraftKings and FanDuel has the over-under for McKinney at 25 and a half. The other one has 24 and a half with slight changes in juice because of the number. But if you could get under 25 and a half, basically in every single mock that I have seen, even on when you uh, look at the high end of expected draft position, we're talking pick 23.8 on the highest end of these mocks. I think Xavier McKinney under 25 and a half is one of, if not my single favorite player bet in this entire draft, because I don't, do not see a way that he is not, you know, being talked about already at pick 17. And we've got what, one, two, three, like eight picks to go before, uh, you know, we would have to start worrying about this over under. So I think he's the clear tier ahead of Grant Delpit that the, 
the consensus has been, you know, one of the teams at the end could go for Delpit or he could fall to the second round. That's not going to happen with McKinney, Alabama, clearly the top guy here. If we're taking a safety, it has to be McKinney. And you, if you think this is the case, you make that bet as well. All right, there we go. Uh, McKinney goes off to the Dallas Cowboys. We head to break and we will be right back here in just a few moments. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferreira, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back from break. I'm David Smatic here on Daily Roto TV. Uh, joined by Ricky Sanders and Christopher Pacheco as we run through a 2020 NFL mock draft. We are through pick 17, where we took Xavier McKinney for the Dallas Cowboys. We are now on the Miami Dolphins' second selection, um, running out of offensive tackles for them to take here. So I think they're probably taking a wide receiver 
uh, most likely, Pacheco, and I think they are probably going to take Justin Jefferson here. What do you think about that? Uh, I think that is a very interesting selection because you're right. I think the pick here would be an offensive lineman, especially if someone like, say, for example, Judge Wills was the fall to 18. He'd go here, right? Um, If not, I I could certainly see that uh, being the case, whether it's Jefferson or – you know, potentially reaching for a defensive player uh, as well. I don't, I don't think that's out of the the picture. Uh, I think Jefferson makes sense. You you good with uh, you good with Jefferson here, Ricky? Yeah, I think they have a need for an edge rusher. The question is, is the number six guy in the SEC in terms of sacks enough for them to go that route instead of going with one of these offensive tackles? I believe you pronounced it Chasson, so we'll go with that pronunciation. I, I, I don't, I don't, I do just, it's let it be clear. I'm not a pronunciation expert. I don't oh, know for sure exactly how to say his name. I'm the worst. Uh, after Daily Roto pods every day, we get messages of how we pronounce players. So we're going to go with Chasson and the, the Davis French pronunciation, but well, he, is, he did he did go to LSU, right? So he was in Baton yeah. Rouge. So I, I like I like the I like the regional flair of that pronunciation. Uh, six and a half sacks. This Miami team graded as the worst pass rushing team in the league last year. But like we said, there are so many needs that it's hard to to cipher which is which. I think Chasson would be the way that I would lean. But if you guys want to go offensive tackle, I'm fine with that too. I'll leave it no, to you we guys. Can go- we can go the uh, the edge rusher from LSU here. So we're gonna Agreed. take we're gonna take Chasson from LSU, put him on the Miami Dolphins, move to nineteen and the Oakland Raiders. You know, I think they could be looking at cornerbacks here. So some of the same guys that we were discussing with the Cowboys, Jeff Gladney, Christian Fulton, you know, maybe, maybe some chance that they um, double dip at wide receiver. You know, I, I think that is something that could be in play. I think that uh, J- uh, Christian Fulton could be interesting to them. Uh, so Pacheco, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw it to you. Where do we where do we believe that the Raiders are gonna go here with their uh, pick 19? I mean, I, I could see them going the Delpit route um, to kind of just secure that back end of the defense. Uh, Delpit makes sense. Uh, I, I even th- honestly, I think Gross Matos. Uh, the kid from Penn State makes some yeah. sense here too. I, um, I w- actually, I would actually uh, put him in this in this spot for the Raiders uh, at nineteen. I like that pick the most, uh, Gross Matos. I just, I, I don't know if that's the way they're they're leaning, but that's the one that makes the most sense in, in my head. Well, I mean, they it's certainly they you know kind of weirdly you know, very similar to the, uh, very similar to the Dolphins. They just have a ton of needs. You know, they're, they're just, they're yes. not a very good football team. They just are, are not, uh, you know, generating pressure on defense. They're not creating yards on offense. So uh, I, I don't think you can hate that at all. So we are now to pick 20. Uh, Ricky, I just, I just think the Jaguars are so concentrated on their defense. So we gave them, uh, we gave them Derek Brown earlier. Uh, I think, I think they are looking at, uh, a, a safety here or a cornerback. So I think Grant Delpit or Jeff Gladney, Christian Fulton, uh, uh, Trayvon Diggs uh, from Alabama. I think all of those guys are firmly on the board here for the Jaguars. Whereas I think popular mock drafts are giving them 
quarterbacks a lot or or you know Jalen Rager these wide receivers I don't see it I think the Jaguars are just pretty much always committed um to making their defense better in the first round of the NFL draft by the way who do we decide on for the Raiders we gave them Yeter Gross Matos the okay we're going Gross, Ma- Gross Matos okay so that clears things up a little bit here for this Jaguars team who did let one of their dominant corners go so I think corner is certainly still in play here um, I think Christian Fulton is probably a solid option. I think in terms of the talent level of remaining guys on the board, the cornerbacks stand out from the defensive side of the ball as a glaring need, and they're they're right towards the top of my board. So I think you pick from this Gladney Fulton tier, and it's it's a kind of a coin flip. I think Fulton would be my guy, but I think they're they're probably choosing between one of those two as opposed to reaching for some of the the linebackers and edge defenders a, fur, a little bit further down my board. All right, there we go. So we are going to go ahead and move Fulton to the Jaguars at twenty. Uh, we are now going to head towards the Eagles at twenty-one. Who Oof. Pacheco? They they want rugs. Rugs is off the board for them. They're yes. they're silently tilting. You know, they're all in their living rooms. Uh, you know, just just big time upset that they mm-hmm. were not able to secure the services of Henry Ruggs. So I think the Eagles selections here really to me it's three guys. It's Justin Jefferson, it's Denzel Mims, or it's Jalen Rager. Uh, which one of those three guys are we going to move? Uh, which one of those guys are we going to move here uh, into uh, into the Philadelphia Eagles? And we are obviously, uh, we're not allowed to trade uh, on here. And, and we've said earlier that there's a chance they trade up to, to secure one of those, you know, elite wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in... I think in real life, if they get yeah. word that Rugs might go at fifteen, I I mean I think they they might try and trade up to fourteen or something. Like I think I think they really really want Henry Rugs. Yeah, and it's gonna be interesting because I I have heard a lot of chatter about Denzel Mims uh, lately more than than I even thought. Um, but I think Justin Jefferson is the guy, and whether you believe in his ridiculous production last season whether that was burrow related or maybe it was a little bit of both um i think he's he's going to be the guy if they have this pick in the nfl draft and at this point they need a wide receiver so badly it's between one of jefferson and mims i think it's going to be jefferson even though mims's name has been out uh, a lot lately all right, so we're moving Justin Jefferson into the Eagles. I agree with that selection. I think that if they're not able to find a trade-up, I, I think that is a direction they will go. So weird spot here for the Minnesota Vikings, Ricky. They trade away their pick, uh, or, or they, they trade for a pick, essentially, you know, to replace Stephon Diggs. But a lot of the wide receivers that they would have wanted starting to fall off the board. You know, they're left now looking at they're left now looking at Mims. Um, they're left now looking at uh, Jalen Rager. Uh, some of these cornerbacks. You know, we just saw Christian Fulton go. Maybe Jeff Gladney. Uh, so what uh, what direction do we think that we are heading here? Well, it looks like they're weighing their options via the trade market in terms of receiver. We've heard reports of them reaching out to other teams. I think looking at their offensive line last year wasn't incredibly sturdy. I mean, basically their entire yeah. offensive line 
graded outside the top 30 at their position according to pro football focus. I think Josh Jones is the pick here uh, as opposed to going with the receiver via the draft. I think they they see what they can find. I mean, they're such a run-oriented offense, or at least they were with Stefanski last year, that I think they're okay if Irv Smith is their number two or they just have to go with the receiver later. I think they go with the, the top-tier tackle here. And Josh Jones, one of the last remaining, you know, of that top tier of tackles. I think I think that's the way they go here just because of how poor that offensive line play was kind of low-key last year. All right, there we go. I, I like that selection. I think it does more to solve obvious issues for their team than selecting a wide receiver or a cornerback does. I mean, their cornerbacks are not good. So, you know, Minnesota <laughs> fans might be upset, but their offensive line isn't any good either. Kirk Cousins is one of those guys with huge splits based on how much protection he has, you know, clean versus disrupted pockets. Pacheco, your boys are up. You know what? I think they take Jordan Love here. If it falls like this, what do you think? I don't know, man. I'm so, ah, it's it's really weird because I, I I certainly don't think that they should uh, select Jordan Love Love in the NFL draft. Um, if they get a quarterback, I, I want it so badly to be Jalen Hurts. Um, honestly, Davis, I'm leaning towards they are not going to select a quarterback uh, in the first round. Uh, the, the, here's the thing: as much as they do need a quarterback uh, in this spot. Obviously, Tom Brady no longer with the team. We all know that. Um, they have other needs as well. And I'm starting to get the feeling that they are just comfortable rolling with Stidham uh, in this year. And let's let's face it. Outside of Tom Brady, th- this team doesn't draft quarterbacks well. They just don't have a good track record. Even the backups are, like really aren't that good. The only two that have been relevant um, have been Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. Those have been like NFL caliber starters. They just don't have a great track record uh, with these selections. And if it's Jordan Love here, I just don't think that that's who they go with. I, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, if someone like Rose Matos is available, that's their selection. Uh, Chase on who we've already drafted, um, if he's available, I, I could see them going in this direction. Uh, otherwise, I think... You know, have we already selected Xavier McKinney? Uh, yeah, for, Xavier McKinney. We took him. We took him to the Cowboys. Like, okay, so he's he's no longer available in this spot. Um, how about Josh Jones? Uh, Josh Jones. Houston. Josh Jones. We we just sent him to Houston. I agree. I agree that the Patriots would like him. I I think that if we if we think they're not taking Jordan Love, they just yeah. take Patrick Queen. I I think that they just take the linebacker. That, that guy yes. is a super Patriots player. They will just, he will start from day one yes. and Belichick will love him. Patrick Queen or um, AJ Epinesa. Or yeah. Kenneth Murray. Yeah. Like one of those guys. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Patrick Queen though. Let's go with that selection. All right, there we go. Sending Patrick Queen to the Patriots. Uh, any arguments to throwing Kenneth Murray to the uh, New Orleans Saints there, Ricky? No. I do not have any. I think that's one of their needs. I just thought it was funny that Pacheco said that they don't that the Patriots don't have a history of be, of drafting good backup quarterbacks when two of them are have been NFL starters. And yes, there's there's teams with better hit rates than that on their number two quarterbacks. But I I mentioned them specifically outside of those two though. They've the track record really isn't that great. 
Well, they haven't needed one since Brady, so that's true. That's true. But a lot they... of lot of lot of profit to be found in drafting good backup quarterbacks, though, and they've spent a lot of picks yeah. and and not always turn those guys into something in the future. So we are now back to the Vikings because no cornerback was selected behind them. Um, they can just take you know they can take Gladney. Uh, they could take Grant Delpit if they wanted. So I think they will. If this does end up happening, I think they will probably take. Jeff Gladney now moving to the Miami Dolphins here at 26. Uh, any any reservations, Pacheco, about them selecting Grant Delpit? No, no reservations at all. If he's available here, that's that's a great selection for them. An area of need too, so it just makes a lot of sense. Would be would be absolutely hilarious. I really I really would just chuckle so hard if the Seahawks at 27 took a running back there's not there's not a chance that they're actually going to do it but it uh it would be pretty hilarious so uh you know kind of do we think between uh aj epinesa you know austin jackson zach bond i think zach bond pretty good selection here for the seattle seahawks what do you think about that one ricky yeah that was the guy i was going to go with here uh i mean sure they could go with a tackle i think these edge guys are about as good as it gets for positions that are of concern to them so, yeah, I think Bond, it would be, let, let's chalk him up to, to Seattle. All right, weird pick, I believe, for the Ravens. You know, I just don't see, I don't see a ton of, like, super clear needs other than linebacker. They just got, they just got snaked on a couple of great linebackers, though. You know, maybe Denzel Mims makes a little bit of sense. Uh, you know, I, I actually, I actually think that um, Cesar Ruiz from Michigan makes a ton of sense because... <laughs> Offensive line super important to this team, Pacheco. Uh, so are we are we comfortable mocking Caesar Ruiz from Michigan to the Baltimore Ravens? I am very comfortable with that selection. Go ahead and lock it in. All right, we're we're locking that one in. This is a team who I've switched to. They've taken every draft, Ricky. I have no idea what the Tennessee Titans are going to do with this pick. Uh, throw out a name for me. I think it's one of these tackles between Wilson and Cleveland. So which do you prefer of those two? I'm going to go with Wilson from Georgia. All right, I'd we go got, with him. Got, there we go. We got Wilson from Georgia. Uh, I, I think I think that, again, you know, makes a ton of sense. I think that fills a hole for them. Um, I think that the Packers, if this draft for real happens, uh, you know, plays out the way our mock is, I think they would really like to take Denzel Mims here. I think he pairs yep. well with Devontae Adams. Uh, the, the dream selection for me as someone who loves Chase Claypool, I kind of think I would, it would be fun if they took Chase Claypool here, you know, make him a hybrid wide receiver tight end. Uh, don't think that's going to happen. I think they're very likely to take Mims. Um, so the 49ers here at 31, uh, you know, they, we already have them with CJ Henderson. Uh, what are they, what are they doing at 31 Pacheco? Man, that is, that's really tough. Cause we select, we've spot. already selected. That's a weird spot. We already selected a cornerback for them. Uh, I know by uh, looking at grinding the mocks, they had another cornerback, uh, cornerback coming off here, but that was with the assumption that they drafted someone completely different uh, in the first, the first time through uh, in, 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 uh, in the first round. Um, so I, I am of the belief uh, that they could go with, uh, here's the thing. If they go with Jalen Rager, uh, at 31 like I think it's it's a fine selection I, I my guess is there's just not a home run selection here uh for them but I think Rager does make some sense yeah and he fits he fits what they do you know they like those toolsy guys so I I yeah. like that so our last pick we're running out of time here but 
you know, we're not we're not giving the Chiefs a running back. So, uh, you know, who do we want to give them uh, at cornerback, at safety, any, anything like that? Ricky, what are we doing with them? Man, this safety over is looking better by the second. I think Winfield Jr. is a, a possibility here who would be the third safety. And, and, you know, the sports books have safeties at over under one and a half. So if they really believe that one and a half is the number, I think a cornerback's probably the play here. Jalen Johnson from Utah seems to be the more logical one, but I can see a scenario now where three safeties are off the board in the first round, which makes the over on the one and a half very attractive. All right, there we go. Lock it in, everyone. That was a 2020 NFL mock draft here on Daily Roto TV. This has been Davis Maddock, Ricky Sanders, and Christopher Pacheco running through that mock for you. I uh, hope all of you guys enjoyed it. We definitely had a lot of fun doing it. Gave out some betting takes as we went through. I hope you guys are all getting excited for the 2020 NFL draft. And we will be back with all of you here uh, in just, uh, just a little while. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.